to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are taking your calls for most of these three hours as we're halfway to Margaritaville on this Friday afternoon. College basketball and, of course, the NFL are leading the way as we bring a lot to the table, but we do follow your lead every Friday. Hard to get in by phone on our statewide platform Monday through Thursday. We open up those phone lines every Friday. We do have one and only one guest. He is a special one, and he actually will join us soon. So as we go to Wolfpack Rob in the Triangle, Ryan is in Greensboro. You can join us with your question or comment. Does not have to be NFL or college basketball. We have the NBA, Major League Baseball, the Hall of Fame, the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, Dougie Hamilton has been diagnosed with a broken left fibula. That has cost NA NHL players half a season and we are past the halfway point of the NHL regular season I take no joy in passing that along I will see you in PNC arena tonight I feel bad for Dougie Hamilton probably the best year of his life the obvious recognition is his all-star appearance which will be taken by Jacob Slavin now because of his injury Slavin by the way is an all-star caliber defenseman who for those who do not follow the Canes very closely he easily could have been voted into the All-Star game last year, this year, whatever. Dougie Hamilton is a big scorer, even from the defensive line. So he's a blue liner with some big-time skill. And he hasn't been celebrated at every one of his stops elsewhere in the NHL. I think he loves it here in part because he's celebrated for being who he is. Like he's going to cough up a goal every once in a while. He's not the most defensively buttoned-down guy. But he's wide open offensively. He's an absolute sniper. He's been killing penalties for the Canes. He's always been dangerous on the power play. He's dangerous offensively on five-on-five situations. He's not afraid to jump into the flow. He's just that skilled. He's a very tall defenseman. He can use his leverage sometimes in front of the net. Broken left fibula, obviously, is a long-term injury. Surgery is expected, perhaps as early as today. And again, Jacob Slavin gets, I think, what will be his first all-star taste later this month as everybody gets a 10-day break after just a handful of games here. Anaheim visiting the Canes tonight at PNC. I will see you there. Islanders here on Sunday. Winnipeg here on Tuesday. Those are the last three home games prior to everybody getting that long break for the All-Star game. Wolfpack Rob is next on the David Glenn Show. For those wondering, with the Canes in playoff position and coming off of last year's great not only playoff season, but playoff run. They were one of the final four standing in the NHL last year, just as we have Titans at Chiefs and Packers at 49ers awaiting us as the final four in the NFL on Sunday. Besides a healthy Slavin, the Carolina Hurricanes do have uber-reliable veteran defenseman Brett Pesci. Fairly reliable and big tough guy defenseman Joel Edmondson, formerly of the, the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Remember, Justin Falk is now with the Blues. Joel Edmondson now with your Canes. Jake Gardner has had a rough go of it with the Carolina Hurricanes so far. He has been sometimes good, sometimes a weak link in the chain. Hayden Flurry, Trevor Van Riemsdyk are other kind of uh, third liners at times on defense for the Canes. It's not an emergency situation because all of those guys have played a lot of games at the NHL level. They can still throw six out there that you don't have to hide your eyes and worry. They will probably explore their depth even beyond the guys that I just mentioned, but it is certainly a big step back for a Canes team that for now is in the playoff picture, but only uncomfortably so. They're tied for the eighth and final spot in the Eastern Conference as we speak, and obviously... 
that's not a comfortable place to be. It's better than being outside the playoff picture where the Canes were for much of the last decade, but it's not like they have a cushion to deal with this unexpected absence of Dougie Hamilton due to his injury. Rob, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DJ, how are you, brother? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? Well, I am trying to figure out, can I credibly plan my tailgate party for the state women's basketball team in Greensboro in, in March? Because I think we're going deep. Ooh, they're good, man. And I was just, you know, sadly talking about our lack of men's basketball options this year. NC State's women, for those who don't know, and Rob, you can get the numbers right if I get any of them wrong. I know they're top 10 in the polls. I know they've only lost once, so they're like, what, 15 or 16 and one. They just beat a really good Florida State women's team. Uh, Wes Moore is, of course, a heck of a coach. So if we don't have as many men's basketball stories to celebrate this year, again, you have Duke, Louisville, and Florida State. I still believe the NC State men are going to build an NCAA tournament resume. Maybe Wes Miller and UNC Greensboro uh, beyond the ACC. Uh, There are other good teams in the ACC, Louisville, right, Uh, and Florida State and the Wolfpack on the women's side. But those are the big three for the women, just as we talk about Duke, Louisville, and FSU as the big three for the men, right? Yep. i tell you, I've got four season tickets, and and what has really impressed me, we all talk about the offense uh, and and the um, inside-outside game, but but the defense has been incredible. Last night, FSU came in uh, scoring at a clip of around 80 points per game, and and State held them to about 51 last night. Uh, and, and to me, defense wins championships. And, and so as a State fan, for the first time in a long time, uh, I've got credible hope to, to, to hang some kind of banner to Yeah, I don't blame you, man. And Westmore's already take the – Wolf taking the Wolfpack to a couple of Sweet 16s come the NCAA tournament, right? So it's not like he hasn't had postseason success. That's obviously the former AD at NC State, friend of the program, Debbie Yao, who was back in the day a women's basketball coach herself before getting into administration, obviously. One of the better hires for Debbie Yao that she left behind, now, of course, retired, but still a, a Wolfpack fan forever. I mean, Wes Moore was a great coach at two or three other schools before the Wolfpack got him. So I don't know if an ACC title is in the offing for you, but he's been in the hunt the last two years. Maybe this is the year he breaks through. I hope so. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to bring my, my grill and flags and, and the whole set of the Greensboro and see if we can bring one home. I think this – hey, Rob, have you ever won tailgate of the week? I, I thought that was you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's that's our that's our Wolfpack Robin Raleigh. Cool. I thought I recognized your voice. Uh, that was at a football game, but we certainly are open to beers and food and beverages, uh, alternative be- beverages at women's hoops games as well. On the other side, we need to jump to Chris Myers. He's kind enough to join us from San Francisco. I believe he is on his way when he's done talking to us. 
He's going to go to 49ers practice, I think. Maybe Packers practice. I'm not sure. He's been talking to the coaches. He's been talking to the players. It is Green Bay at San Francisco Sunday night on Fox. Chris Myers, of course, you've seen and heard him on coverage of all sorts of things, from NASCAR to the Olympics to everything Fox covers. He will be on the call for that matchup on Sunday night. Green Bay at San Francisco. Chris Myers from Fox Sports joins us next on The David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Our one and only guest today is a very special one. He, from the NFL on Fox, Packers at 49ers, will be broadcast on that fine uh, series of stations. It is your night game on Sunday. It's Chris Myers. Follow him on Twitter at V underscore Chris Myers, the Emmy award-winning broadcaster. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Chris, how are you? Good. It's always good to be on with you. It's a fun, uh, fun time of the year. We're down to our final four here. Amen. And, and when you look at those final four, as it turns out, they are both rematches. Whether you think of the 49ers crushing the Packers during the regular season or the Titans edging the Chiefs, were they too long ago for us to draw much from that? Or did we learn something about these two matchups awaiting on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's fun for us to talk about as fans of media, but I, I, my history tells me with coaches in these rematches, and I, having worked with Troy Aikman and Daryl Johnston from those Cowboys Super Bowl teams as broadcasters, they kind of say it really goes out the window. They experienced, let's say, the Eagles twice during the year, and then even in the, in the postseason. So facing a team three times, but each game is different, takes on its own personality. You know a little bit about the personnel if you face that team before. Now, in this case, they're not in the same division. But I, I think both teams are, are a little bit different. They're a little bit better. They're a little bit healthier than when they met earlier in the year, at least regarding the Packers 49ers. So I, I think, you know, coaches and players will take a little from that. But if you lean on that too much, and I think it was Kyle Shanahan in his case, for his team, who said, "Let's let's not be stupid about this." That you know that we it was a lopsided win. We took care of it. Oh, you think it's going to be easy again? You're fooling yourself. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I think that's the I think that's the right approach because if you did something well, you say, "Okay, can we keep doing it?" But we better be ready in case they prepare because they've seen us do it well. Or if you didn't do something well, you're saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm changing it, and I hope this works." But you don't know until you get into the game. So. It's, uh, it's fun to talk about. I, I don't think it really has any true significance about what you'll see on Sunday. We'll all be watching the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes versus Ryan Tannehill. But I'll also be watching the coaches. You have been around Andy Reid of the Chiefs many, many times. It feels like, Chris, if the Packers lose, you know, Matt LaFleur gets the benefit of the doubt because he still had a great year as a first-year coach, right? If the 49ers lose, there'll be some benefit of the doubt to Kyle Shanahan. Mike Vrabel is a success story at Tennessee no matter how this ends, right? Andy Reid is the guy who's number six on the all-time wins list. And as an Eagles fan, I remember his only trip to the Super Bowl way back in 2004 with Philly. 
do you, do you think he feels any weight of the occasion or is he just wired in a way that you know he knows who he is and he doesn't care what the narratives are on the outside yeah well i, I think if you talk about a guy who'll be a hall of fame coach but he needs a super bowl win to do it and i don't know that andy thinks about that yeah and that's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting point I don't think he worries about that. I do think he's in the moment. And, yes, as a guy who's coached in the league and had all the other successes he's had, I think it's more about not not the legacy or what people are saying about him, but that he wants to be a Super Bowl champion as a coach. Uh, And he's got his best chance, and it's late in the game for him. I actually worked the uh, Fox broadcast that that Eagles Super Bowl against the Patriots that was in in Jacksonville. That was one of the close, I think, each – each quarter end of the game was tied, and yeah. that was the Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, and, and of course the Patriots do did what the Patriots do. But so he wasn't that far out of it. But yeah, I, it's an interesting point with with the coaches involved. I think Kyle Shanahan might get, depending upon how a game goes. Some people still hang on to him being the offensive coordinator of that Falcons team that led the Patriots twenty eight to three, and let that get away for the only a Super Bowl uh, overtime, but but already he's he's amassed so much success here in three years. The 49ers, who have a great tradition, haven't been able to win. But Andy Reid, especially teaming with, with the emerging Patrick Mahomes, who probably is uh, the best young quarterback, uh, you know, if you say, hey, who, I need a quarterback to win a game, he'd be the guy. Aaron Rodgers who used to be that guy, uh, and maybe still is, uh, but Holmes is the, is the, is the up-and-comer in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think as coaches go and the way fans will think of this, it's a fair question. But I, it depends how the game goes. Would you blame Andy Reid? He's changed a lot in terms of adjusting to his offensive philosophy. And I don't think you'll see him have a conservative approach, that's for sure. Chris Myers is joining us from the NFL on Fox. They have the evening game on Sunday. The Packers are at the 49ers. Almost every NFL fan would, if asked to check the box at quarterback next to either the Packers or the Niners, we'd all take Aaron Rodgers, right? All due respect to Jimmy Garoppolo. As you think of the rest of that matchup, are all of the other arrows pointed to the 49ers? You know, they have the better record. They have home field advantage. They seem to be even more well-rounded than the Packers are. I guess another way of asking is, what besides Aaron Rodgers would cause the arrow to be pointed toward Green Bay? Yeah, and I would point, I agree that overall the 49ers are better. I, I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. Okay. Uh, and so he's on the Packers, and that's why Seattle, they did not do a good job of at least slowing him down or to keeping Aaron Rodgers from getting the ball to him comfortably, and that cost him in their playoff game. So, But I, but I think George Kittle is also uh, a dynamic offensive. Yeah, he can be a receiver. He's a, ter- a terrific blocker. They use him on, on uh, in the run. He carries the ball as a runner. So he, I think he can help neutralize just in terms of talent if you're measuring. But the 49ers have the better running game. Not that Aaron Jones didn't have a great year, and that's Matt LaFleur's offense. But the three-pronged attack of Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida and uh, Tevin Coleman with the big game against Minnesota, you saw them just kind of run the ball down the throat of the Vikings, who were a very good defensive team. So that attack, that offensive line, that Kyle Shanahan style through Mike Shanahan run game, which, by the way, Matt LaFleur was part of at one point because he came from that system yeah. with Shanahan and Sean McVay, uh, I, I think is a definite advantage. Uh, and so that, that, again, weighs in favor of the 49ers. They're playing at home. That's in their favor. Uh, although, you know, Aaron Rodgers told me earlier this year, if he, you know, if he wasn't playing at home, he loves playing uh, in either in a dome or out in California in warmer weather. So, so I don't think that bothers him. You know, he'll take advantage of that. But I think the defense 
of the 49ers, their secondary is really good. It's it's very versatile. It's it's excellent. I, I think both teams, their linebacking core, not as strong as the other parts of their defense. And I think the 49er defensive line, uh, led by D. Ford and Buckner, uh, can dominate a game and can make things difficult uh, for the Packers offense, even in the loose of Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, overall, I think things tip in favor of the 49ers, which is why they're favored. But I, I think seven is the number I've seen for oddsmakers. I think that's too much. I, I mean, this should be a three- or four-game difference for the way I see as a point spread. But uh, the 49ers, definitely from that measurement, other than Rodgers, who I expect to do some things uh, out, of, out of the box that will keep his team in it, uh, but I think eventually the 49ers probably should be able to pull this out. In the AFC, if we had made our predictions for Tennessee at Kansas City at the end of the regular season, nobody would have believed that the 9-7 and seven Titans had a chance to go to Kansas City and take out the Chiefs. And yet here we are, right? I mean, they won that regular season finale thinking they had to win against Houston. As it turned out, they would have gotten in anyway. But you know the rest. They go to New England and beat the Patriots. They go to Baltimore and beat the 14-2 and Ravens. I don't look at this the way I looked at it, you know, when I would have been clueless a couple of weeks ago. Do you see either side having a significant advantage as the Titans visit the Chiefs? Or is that, you know, Derrick Henry plus rejuvenated Ryan Tannehill combination put the Titans up there along with their confidence at this point? Uh, you know, maybe more of a close call uh, as they visit Kansas City. Yeah, you're, no, you're right about it. We were, we were all clueless that, that in terms of Tennessee, you know, we know they played good defense. That Derrick Henry was an outstanding back. He led the league in, in rushing. Uh, we didn't know that Tannehill would do what he did in that position. And, and we didn't know that they could go on the road and beat New England and Baltimore back-to-back. I mean, and they have, something, they have a chance to do something incredible. They're, you know, they would knock off Kansas City. So you'd be peeling off division winners on your way if they could do it. And you're right, this is a closer game, too, because – I think Tennessee has the better defense. Now, the Chiefs' defense has improved this year, which has allowed them to win some big games and be in the position they're in. But we know they're more about Patrick Mahomes and the offense. And I mean, they have such speed. And that, that, that's something that I think we, we thought Baltimore had speed, but the Chiefs have the, the kind of speed I think will give Tennessee some problems as long as they don't turn the ball over. And that's another thing. Tennessee, you know, they, they've had five takeaways in these last two games, uh, they've had five stops against the opposition when they've tried on fourth down. I mean, that's a that's tremendous defense. And then on offense, they, they you know, they've been very careful with, with the ball. Tannehill hasn't had to throw for a lot of yards. That's amazing to me, and this is a passing league, that we have a team like that that runs the ball. You know they're going to run it, and yet they have success. And that's a little bit of how the 49ers have had success. I mean, the teams who've run the ball the most, and the 49ers run it 49% of the time, they're having more success in the league, but you have to play defense, and they do as well. So, yes, I see this as a very tight game, and you're right. The whole mindset has changed with the way the Titans have played, and they've earned that. They're, they're not a fluke, and it's not a mirage. Uh, however, I think in the end, in a quarterback league, I, I would think the experience of Andy Reid and the ability of Patrick Mahomes should be the difference, especially after what we saw them do when they fell so far behind and the confidence and the kind of ride and run that they're on. And they, they should have been in the Super Bowl last year when they got a bad call and got a little jumpy against the Patriots or at least been able to make that run. So uh, it, this will be a much better game than I think we thought it would be. But the Chiefs should prevail 
at least uh, based on the two factors I pointed out. Chris Myers of Fox Sports is joining us on the David Glenn Show here on our statewide platform in North Carolina, beyond enjoying your work and the playoffs as they continue. Uh, there was a shocker. Uh, one of the best players in Carolina Panthers history, Luke Keekley announced his retirement at the age of 28. You know the broader story here. I wonder uh, what whispers around the league you have heard or, or even in related cases. Rob Gronkowski prior to the age of 30 retiring. Andrew Luck prior to the age of 30. All these guys and others, you know, with significant medical issues. In Luke's case, three years where he missed at least some games due to concussions. Uh, do you sense any concern from the league about some of their best players stepping away so early? Uh, even as best we can tell, you know, everybody's kind of celebrating Luke Keekley, thanking him for being such a great role model on and off the field, you know, and wishing him well in a, in a safer endeavor, whatever he chooses to do next. Yeah, and even Dale Earnhardt Jr. from, from NASCAR, yeah. who, you know, they don't, they don't want to talk about it openly. Uh, but it's a concern after you've had one concussion, that's one thing. And then a second, the, the likelihood, again, from studies and research. And, yes, the NFL is very concerned about this, and the NFL is working very hard in what is a violent game, a violent collision-filled uh, game that, that, that they've tried with equipment to, to make it safer. But, but players have become bigger, stronger, more athletic, and so it increases uh, when you talk about two guys running in different directions and then going into each other uh, or, or tackling. So, yes, they're, they're doing what they can other than making it, you know, flag football. But, and I understand, I wasn't as surprised, I guess, you know, that it happened the way it did. But once a player, and I don't blame him, I, because the uncertainty of, of our brains the, in terms of the research into a concussion and what happens after that, you know, a knee injury, and I'm not minimizing any injury. Yeah. Uh, but a shoulder injury, you know, you can have surgeries to repair that. There's there's other types of, of, of therapy. There's too much unknown about that, and, 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 and that's your life. That's everything. And there are still players who are dealing with this uh, years after that they played the game, maybe didn't even realize that they had a concussion or two. So I, I, I certainly understand. I, I would never question a player who makes his own decision to step away for whatever reason because it's their life and it's, and it's their choice. It's part of the game. Uh, you know, the game is, is, is violent, but uh, the league is certainly doing its part, and I think players are going to have to do their part in the way that they tackle and the way that they, they run and dip their heads when they're being tackled. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one part of it. Uh, the, the other part is find more safer equipment, I guess, or more ways to, to make the game safer, which the league does extensive research on. It has a series of doctors every year that go over this, and they, they talk to us about it. But I will say Keekley was was uh, one of the finer guys in the league in terms of not only the way he played, how he handled his teammates, uh, fans, media, and I'm glad I'm, I'm glad he had a chance to enjoy some success. We're gonna we're gonna miss him on the field, and I, and I hope he he does well in the next chapter of his life. Last thing as well. Last thing for you, Chris Myers of Fox Sports. Uh, Matt Rule is the new guy with the Carolina Panthers. David Tepper chooses a guy who has only one year of NFL experience. 20 of his 21 coaching years have come at the college level, of course, as the head coach at Temple and Baylor with great distinction. Have you picked up anything over the years, Chris, that makes sense to you when we're trying to understand, yes, you know, Jimmy Johnson went from Miami Hurricanes to two-time Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys. You know, Barry Switzer and Pete Carroll also have made the jump all the way to Super Bowl champion status. 
But that list of failures, you know, even among college greats, Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, uh, Butch Davis, Lou Holtz back in the day, Chip Kelly more recently, and Bobby Petrino, et cetera, you hear the questions about dealing with 18- and 22-year-olds versus grown men with big salaries and a wife and kids, et cetera. Uh, you know the difference between recruiting versus draft and free agency. Have you figured out, you know, what the themes are there that allow some guys to make this leap but has caused a majority of them to, to fail even after great college success? Yeah, no, I, you know, I haven't figured out, but I, I do find when you sit with an individual and talk to him, and I, I don't know Matt Rule personally. He's one because I cover the NFL so much, and I know he was briefly in the NFL, and that, that made him uh, attractive too because then he had the success at, at Baylor in the college game. And so I think I, it is, as you pointed out, it is possible. I, I think it's tougher uh, coming in, and I think you need you need a, another guy, your coaching staff, you need some NFL experience on that staff or in the front office and i hear a lot about the panthers going the way of analytics uh, and i think the browns have hired kevin stefanski who, who came in through a different way as you know a coordinator for yeah. the nfl but i i certainly wouldn't hold it against the guy if you sat and you were hiring somebody and, and look he had other credentials and he's got the right attitude uh and it is you know i i think it, we're finding a trend and this is in baseball too you know go with a younger manager uh, with what Aaron Boone did, who didn't have a lot of uh, you know experience, John Lynch came from the broadcast booth in the front office as a as a younger executive, never had had been an NFL executive before. So they've had they've had success. Sean McVay at 33, you know, with the Rams, and he was hired a little earlier than that. So, uh, but the, the idea of coming from college into the NFL, as long as somebody has a taste of that and knows football and appreciates and has the support, I, I think they can they can do the job. And I, and I think he'll have success there. I, I just you know, was Dabo Sweeney not interested? I know he probably wasn't. I, I joke about that, but that's who, somebody who came to yeah. mind as a guy who I thought could could light it up. But my bigger question is who's going to play quarterback? Uh, for the Carolina Panthers, they they need to draft some you know uh, some other areas of the team as well. But but that's what whoever the coach is, that's got to be a priority, and that's got to be done right, or they won't be able to have success in in the league as quickly as I think fans want. Uh, around here, you and I could co-host a full three-hour show on who's going to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback <laughs> uh, starting next season and moving beyond. His name is Chris Myers. He's kind enough to squeeze us in on a busy playoff weekend. Catch him on the NFL on Fox on Twitter. He's at the underscore Chris Myers Packers at 49ers the Fox game 640 or so on Sunday evening thank you as always for the time uh, we appreciate your visits here on the David Glenn show all right I'm headed to uh, 49ers practice right now to say hi to Jimmy G so uh, we'll talk to you later we'll see you from uh northern california on sunday thanks for having me on awesome you got it chris myers from nocal titans at chiefs is your mid-afternoon game three o'clock or so on cbs packers at 49ers close to 7 p.m on sunday you get the doubleheader nfl style you get a lot of college basketball tomorrow the canes are back on the ice tonight and tomorrow nba action is ramping up around mid-season we'll get to more of those headlines with more of your phone calls it is free for all friday that means you get to exercise your freedoms you pick the topic you ask the question you file your complaint we have a lot more on the nfl trips to the super bowl are at stake on sunday excellent quarterbacks worth watching interesting coaching storylines worth watching and of course meanwhile the carolina panthers continue to take shape in 2020 hard to project 
a depth chart with only Christian McCaffrey and K.K. Short and Trey Turner and Shaq Thompson and a few others as known building blocks. There are a lot of guys they're saying goodbye to via free agency or retirement or, of course, Luke Keekley's surprise announcement. There are other guys they have to make decisions about, so it's not only the head coach and the coordinators who are new. There are going to be a whole lot of new players for the Carolina Panthers next year as well. College Hoops matchups are led by number 11 Duke, uh, number 11 Louisville, visiting number three Duke right here in our backyard. We'll talk more about that matchup as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. We created Free For All Friday because Monday through Thursday, since we went syndicated and statewide about a decade or so ago, we've been told our lines are jammed too often. It takes too long to get in, even if you get somebody to answer. Too many busy signals. We created Free For All Friday to allow for more of your input. We have more on college hoops, NFL, NHL, a little baseball. Connor McGregor is back in action for the first time in a long time in the MMA world. More on Titans at Chiefs, more on Packers at 49ers with more of your calls. 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can join Free For All Friday on the David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to good. the show. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We're halfway to Margaritaville. We welcome more of your calls. Our one and only guest, a special one. Can't get much better than one of the guys calling the NFC Championship game. Packers at 49ers on Sunday night on Fox. Chris Myers in the books. Russ in Wendell, North Carolina, wants to be next. We have a college basketball question of the day, if that's more your flavor right now. Titans at Chiefs, the early game for the AFC title. Packers at Niners, the late game on Sunday for the NFC title. In college basketball, number 11 Louisville visiting number 3 Duke is the best matchup of the weekend. It's right here in our backyard. ESPN and College Game Day will be here and there are other intriguing matchups. NC State back on a winning track, beating Miami earlier this week, hosts Clemson. Now, the Clemson Tigers deserve some respect. They have actually beaten State, Duke, and Carolina back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the first time since, like, 1990. Brad Brownell can coach. I still don't think he has enough horses to make a run at an NCAA tournament bid, but the Tigers have proven they deserve some respect. It's Clemson at NC State. Wolfpack needs to win this one and stay on the winning track because they're about to hit the road for five of their next seven games. Question is this, which teams from the ACC or the state of North Carolina are the best bets to join, to join the three we know will be there? Duke's number three in the nation and hosting Louisville. We'll see how that goes. More on that matchup in a minute. Florida State and Louisville are also going to the big dance. After that, there are no guarantees. In a league that has averaged eight NCAA bids, there are no promises after their top three, all of them in the national rankings. My next two are UVA and NC State in the ACC. And my best bet from our state beyond the Atlantic Coast Conference is actually the Spartans of UNC Greensboro. Will not be easy. That's a one-bid league almost all the time. There are other good teams in the Southern Conference, but Wes Miller is one of the up-and-coming coaches in college basketball, former UNC Tar Heel player under Roy Williams. 
Isaiah Miller is one of the best players in this state at the college level, if you haven't seen him at point guard for the Spartans. There's tough competition in the Southern Conference, as is often the case, but Wes would be one of those best bets. Shout-outs as well to Mark Prosser, who has turned Western, Western Carolina around in the hoops department in a relatively short amount of time. Ron Sanchez, Tony Bennett's former assistant at UVA, has the Charlotte 49ers pointed in the right direction. I don't know if there'll be NCAA tournament-type stories this year, but it's nice to see those programs at least turned around. Elsewhere, Clemson at NC State, UNC is at Pittsburgh. A week of practice, the mad scientist laboratory, as some coaches call practice. Roy Williams has had those Tar Heels behind the curtain without playing a game in a full week. Will they be any better? as they visit the Pitt Panthers, who beat them in Chapel Hill. That game is tomorrow at noon up in Pittsburgh. The Heels have lost seven of their last nine. As we come to your calls, lines open for the first time in a long time. 1-800-849-2761. You're steering the ship. Cole Anthony posted on social media he's coming back soon. What does soon mean? We don't know. But some had speculated, remember, that because the guy's going to be a high NBA lottery pick, and because the Tar Heels are struggling so much without him, that if the NCAA tournament is not a likely dream to be fulfilled, why not just pull the plug? Why not just preserve yourself for your multi-million dollar payday? We all remember that conversation surrounding Duke's Zion Williamson after the exploding shoe and that injury raised those questions. Why put your body at risk at the college level, even after you've been injured, Cole Anthony coming off of his knee surgery, if multi-millions of dollars are waiting for you as long as you're still there in one piece come the NBA draft. Well, Zion Williamson and his dad gave his answer. Cole Anthony has given his answer in his own way. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Russ has baseball on his mind. Others, the NFL. Titans at the Chiefs, I think, is a close call. Packers at 49ers. I think San Francisco is the significantly better team and it will take the Superman version of Aaron Rodgers for the Packers to get that win on the road. Russ is in Wendell. Would you believe, Darren Vaught, if you were going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and I called your dad, I couldn't get a hold of you, called your dad, would his two cents be something that I should put a lot of weight on? Or should I wait until I hear out of your mouth or your agent's mouth before I believe that you're ready and willing, if called by the Cincinnati Bengals at number one overall, should I wait to hear it from you or your agent? Or are you connected enough with your own father that if your dad went on, you know, a sports radio show and said, oh, yeah, my son Joe, if he's picked by the Bengals, that's our home state, man. We know they were just lousy. <laughs> that's why they got the first pick. We know Zach Taylor's a young coach without a long-term track record. But, no, we're not scared the way some people are scared. I'm asking this, of course, because <laughs> Joe Burrow's dad went on sports radio and said, oh, yeah, I've heard that speculation. No, Joe's ready to sign with the Bengals, and he'd be honored if they take him number one overall. I ask you that question because every father-son relationship is different. Right. In this case, Joe Burrow's dad coached him. Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow's dad is like a lifetime, a lifelong coach. I believe he just retired a year or two ago and was like in the Mid-American Conference, like no slouch, right? So 
He helped Joe become the player he has become, of course, and they are from Ohio. So you have the hometown kid. Remember, he was the Ohio State, State transfer before he turned into the LSU superstar and national champion. I know how agents get in kids' ears. And whereas, I mean, if you're Joe's literally smoking a cigar <laughs> on camera after winning the national title and, you know, getting handed cash by Odell Beckham Jr., like it, it was it was like almost a scene from Entourage, except in real life. Right. That guy with all your testosterone and the locker room and the manly, nobody's going to say in that moment, uh, no, I'm not really sure if this team picks me. I don't know if I'm comfortable there. there. He hasn't even had a chance to exhale. Where were all of his energies? Focused on preparing for the Clemson Tigers and finishing off that prolific season, right? Joe Burrow answering that question today would not mean a lot to me. After agents get in his ear, after agents, perhaps some of them want to scare him away. Remember Eli Manning demanding he wasn't going here or there? Remember Andrew Luck saying, I'm not going here or there? They're not the only ones. Would your dad's comments on sports radio matter? Or should I wait until Joe or his agent says something a little bit down the road? It's a good question because, like you said, every father-son relationship is going to be different. Now, given Joe Burrow and his dad's football relationship there, I would imagine he's on Joe's you know, personal board of supervisors I would or however too. you would want to put I'm it. So he's probably got a pretty good idea of how Joe's approaching his NFL decision and and the draft that's coming up and all those sorts of things. And Jimmy Burrow, the dad, for the record, played five years in the Canadian Football League and was a longtime assistant at Ohio University, rising all the way to the level of defensive coordinator before retiring after the 2018 season. So he's been in the game. Now he's retired. He's got nothing to do but think about his son's current games, his rise at LSU. You know how folks can get in retirement? I know some of them say they're busier than they thought they were, but let's <laughs> just say there's a little more downtime than when you're in the grind. I'll bet you Jimmy Burrow has dissected what's best for his son, and I'd imagine dad was involved in the, hey, you've waited your turn at Ohio State, and that was the dream scenario, the home state Buckeyes, but I think LSU gives you an opportunity to play, and certainly that – decision with the help of dad turned out famously well russ is in wendell north carolina welcome to the david glenn show go right ahead hey dave how are you it's been a while since we chatted good to have um, you with us i know why uh, i know basketball and football are uh, primary on people's minds but hey it's right free now, for all friday baby baseball, here we go i'm right i'm thinking about baseball and i'm thinking about what's going on with uh cora and hinch and beltran and all of these guys right. and crazy the astros and the red sox and it's been a hundred years, other than Pete Rose, other than, since baseball has been affected like this. These guys, the one-year suspension of these guys, has made these guys toxic. In other words, these guys will never be hired again in in the game. They're in their forties and fifties. Their earning, other than writing a book or something is over in the game of baseball, in my opinion. It'll be interesting to see if you're right about that, but I'm not betting against you. I mean, usually, yeah. usually, like Bobby Petrino just got another head coaching job in college football. There's nothing in that guy's personal or professional track record that says he is a mentor of young men. Nothing. 
He, he was a disgraceful person at Louisville. He was a disgraceful person to his own wife. He bailed on the NFL Atlantic Fal Atlanta Falcons midstream, leaving a whole lot of mad professional football players. There were guys at Louisville who said Scott Satterfield took more time to get to know them in his first month on the job than Bobby Petrino did in three years on the job. Like, I, the guy can coach football, but I'm just giving you an example of someone who was so toxic, right, wrecked his motorcycle while cheating on his wife with the young girl he wasn't supposed to have on the motorcycle. I mean, this guy has been a disgrace in so many ways, and college decision makers always tell us, yeah, you got to win, but it's also about mentoring young people. There's nothing in Bobby Petrino's track record that says he's a good mentor of young people, and yet we all bet the ranch farm and the dog, right? As toxic as that guy was and is, someone will give him a chance. And now, it was at the FCS level. Bobby Petrino, it was like Missouri State or somebody. I mean, he fell way down the ladder compared to a Power 5 job or an NFL job. But he got another chance. So we'll see. 99% of toxic people, if they're good enough, get another chance, in my experience. Especially if they're not old, you know. So we'll see. A.J. Hinch was described by many as an outstanding manager. So 2017 World Series champion manager out of baseball, 2018 World Series champion manager Alex Cora of the Red Sox out of baseball, and then the guy who just got hired by the Mets, Carlos Beltran, also fired because of his place in the sign-stealing scandal. So I don't, I don't know about your projection, but I, I share your disgust for what they did you know, say it ain't so Joe was the Joe Jackson part of the Black Sox scandal throwing the World Series 100 years ago. I don't know if this rises to the level of promising gamblers that you'll lose, but it is certainly cheating. And it's been interesting to see some of the other details. You know, were they wearing buzzers to tell them what pitches were coming? That's the latest question. Apparently, there's not enough evidence to prove that that part happened. But the ev evidence is overwhelming and crystal clear that they were doing the rest of that cheating. There's a difference between cheating on your wife and cheating on a sport that they've kept pristine for 100 years. I'm afraid to know which is worse. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that means. The difference between cheating on your wife. Is the lovely and talented Maria out of town yet? I don't know. She might be listening on the way to the airport. I'm afraid to hear the rest of that one. 1-800-849-2761. Yeah, I think Maria's plane has already taken off, Darren. So uh, we'll have to pass along that wit and wisdom when she gets back to town. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. The Kansas City Chiefs are 9-0 this year when this happens, dot, dot, dot. The San Francisco 49ers are trying to become just the second team in NFL history to do that, this, and that to start our number three. I'll fill in those blanks for you. You can join at 1-800-849-2761 next to the David Glenn Show. 
Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show.